podcast one production. Jenny Cooney has been a part of Hollywood for 30 years, reporting on all the Aussie stars, from Hoags to the Hemsworths, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie and beyond. This is Aussies in Hollywood. Ben Lawson may not be a household name yet, but that's likely to change soon due to his roles in series like Designated Survivor, 13 Reasons Why, and his upcoming starring role opposite Catherine Heigl in the Netflix limited series Firefly Lane. Throw in the fact that Ben and his brother actor Josh Lawson both appear as the Aussie Murdoch brothers in the Hollywood Me Too movie Bombshell, starring Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie, and it's pretty clear he's heading in the right direction. Ben invited me to his man cave out the back of his LA home recently to talk about the ups and downs of Hollywood. Here's Ben. Ben Lawson, welcome to Aussies in Hollywood. Thanks for having me, Jenny Cooney. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, actually. Oh, my pleasure. I am sitting in your Hollywood man cave. Is that what you call this? The shed is what we call this. It's a, uh, a converted garage at the back of my house. Yeah, we play cards out here. There's been many parties and drinks. And uh, in fact, almost everything in this room comes from either my, uh, my childhood home in Brisbane that I've just cleared out because my parents are selling, or uh, a lot of Aussie actors have, have kind of left stuff behind here. So <laughs> it kind of it become a bit of a tradition that uh, a little piece of a lot of uh, my friends is in this room. What's your favourite piece? Oh, God. Um, that's hard. I mean, right behind you, I, this, there's this bar behind you. Yeah. You see that? It's beautiful. That came from Rove McManus when he, uh, when they, when uh, he and Taz left LA, they were kind of had a bit of a fire sale and had to get rid of some stuff. And I took that off their hands and it's so beautiful and it just, it sits in the corner like it just ties the room together, Jenny. <laughs> Well, it's good. It's being put to good use yeah, back here. Is. You can always open a club here now. You have the right bar. <laughs> Give away this acting game and make some real money, yeah. <laughs> well, you've been acting for a long time now, so mm-hmm. maybe we could start by going back. You were born in Brisbane. Yep. You wanted five boys? Yeah. Oh, my God, your right. poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I've said for years that that'll be the, the title of my memoirs, your poor mother, because that's what everyone says. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's right. So we grew up in the suburbs of Brisbane, a place called Castledine. And what what are your early memories of like film, TV, that the industry, what you watched, what you absorbed? Um, I mean, I was always obsessed with um, with film, film and TV. I was obsessed with Family Ties and um, Back to the Future. <laughs> you Michael see J. a theme Fox. emerging. Yeah, I was obsessed with Michael J. Fox. Honestly, I, he I thought he was the coolest person in the, in the world. I would I remember walking around my house. Um, trying to be him, walking like him and then, you know, just trying to get his mannerisms. And, uh, and I was five, I mean, I was five years old when Back to the Future came out. So, um, so you know, that I, 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 from there, really, um, I don't remember a time of not kind of wanting to be on TV. Of seeing that as a, as a just a kind of next to godliness uh, and going, wow, like that's, a, that's, 
that's what I want to, you know, I'm sort of obsessing so over. So you it. were a kid in Brisbane watching Back to the Future, but you still could imagine that you could somehow be in that world? No, no, not until I saw a, um, a kid from my uh, school on in, a, in an ad. And I remember being, we were on holidays at the beach, and as soon as school went back, I went up to this kid who was older than me, and I said, hey, I saw you in that ad. And he's like, oh, yeah. I said, how do you do that? How do you get on TV? And he said, you need to join an agency. And I'd never heard the word before, and I wrote it down in my school diary, <laughs> school planner. And I went home and said, Mom, I need to get an agency. And she said, oh, okay, no worries. I said, no. And the way she tells it is that, uh, you know, she, she kind of uh, let it, you know, ignored it for a few months, and I was unrelenting until finally she went to the yellow pages and looked up a, a talent agencies in Brisbane. And, uh, and by that stage, my brother Josh had gone, yeah, I'll be a part of this as well. And, uh, and we went and met with, you know, there weren't too many around. We went and met with someone and she said, yeah, yeah, I think you guys have got what it takes. I mean, we're, we're 11 and 12 years old. It was, you know, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. But so jo is jo Josh is a year younger than you? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so he started the same, you both started together that way. Yeah. Yeah. He started and you, he kind of got involved because you were the one that was all about getting the talent agent. He figured may as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, you remind him of that all the time. Yeah, that's I'm sure. right. So I'd still take a percentage of everything he earns, but um, yeah. So that you know, like he was the stage was never big enough for Josh. I mean, you know, so the two of us would always be putting on skits and talent show stuff and um, reenacting scenes from The Simpsons the night before, whatever it was, you know. Um, but in terms of <laughs> quote unquote professional acting and, and getting an agency, that's sort of how that all happened. So how long was it before, after you signed with the agency, it was the first thing you actually got that you booked? Jenny, I booked my first job. <laughs> I booked my first audition, um, which was probably the worst thing that happened to me because I was like, oh, this is a snap. <laughs> um, it was for Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. It was a, a, a uh, is that not in your notes? No, no, no. It's, oh, right, oh, okay. I did see, I saw it in your, in your yes. On my IMDb. That was your very first thing. Mm. You were one of the kids? No, it was a, it was a guest role. It was in one episode, but, you know, the best week of my life. And I, you were like, what, 12 I or was something? 12. I was in year seven. And, um, wow. yeah, it was at the Gold Coast, which sort of, it was a place I'd only been to for September holidays before and all of a sudden I was going there every morning for work and it was just the coolest, to me it was the coolest thing in the world. So you were doing all of that from 12 um, mm -hmm. and when you finished high school you went to NIDA. Did you go directly to NIDA? No. How did that happen? No, I, um, I auditioned for four or five drama schools, uh, NIDA VCA, WAPA, QT and USQ. The only one I got into was USQ in Toowoomba. So I went off to Toowoomba for a year and it was great. I was living on campus. I was, you know, I turned 18 when I was there. I was drinking. I was chasing girls. <laughs> was it actually a degree in mm, what, theatre arts? Or yeah, it was a, yeah, that's right. I think it was a, a Bachelor of Theatre Arts acting major. The course no longer exists, but it was, um, it was one, you know, for, if you lived in Southern Queens, uh, uh, Southeast Queensland, it was, you know, it was that or QUT. There weren't a lot of options. Um, Adam Zouar went to USQ, as did Alethea Jones, a few, you know, notable alumni, but um, they kicked me out after a year. I did 12 months and they said, you're all lazy. You, you're, you haven't done the way, which is absolutely true. I was... Uh, I was lazy and I was arrogant. I thought um, I would... Because you'd been acting for a long time, well, do you think? 
Um, I think I looked around and I was like, oh, I'm all right. I'm like one of the be- better actors in the year. I'm, you know, I can kind of do this. I, uh, I remember doing scene work and, uh, which is, you know, as anyone who's been to drama school in any sense knows is you spent an inordinate amount of time on just one scene, you know, a semester. And I didn't even read the play. I remember looking at the scene, reading it once and going, oh yeah, I, I know what to do with this. This will be fun. I can get some laughs here. I mean, it was uh, just looking back, it just was so cocky. And it was Romeo and Juliet, so the laughs were very... <laughs> yeah, few and far between. Right. It was called uh, Kafka's Dancer, I think, something oh, like God. that. It was, yeah. But anyway, so I got to the end of the year and I, I was blindsided when they said, uh, see you later. So then I went back to Brisbane. I worked in a restaurant. Then I was sort of trying to then I had a, a point to prove and so then I was I went and got an agent again and and I was auditioning in earnest to the Gold Coast and I was doing some movie of the weeks and some you know whatever was some ad, I did a lot of ads in the late 90s in Queensland just trying to um sort of say I don't you know f you to the to the people who kicked me out and then I finally moved to Sydney and started trying to get into NIDA. And so you did get into NIDA? How long after that? I got into NIDA on my fourth audition. Nothing, <laughs> Nothing's nothing come ever came easy. Um, but that's good. Yeah, I, and I don't say it, any. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely do. And I and I would never. I wouldn't want that my NIDA experience any other way. I had the best uh, year. I'm still friends with uh, so many people from from that. Uh, class and even though it was heartbreaking to be rejected the first three times when I you know when I got there it was it was really great I had a great time and you and Josh started out together obviously you're related um how did you end up kind of navigating different paths but pursuing the same thing um it just kind of happens organically uh and you know like Josh has always been so great at improv and the thing that got him started in, in Australia was thank God you're here. Um, and that kind of launched him in that direction. You know, I, I couldn't get a job in Australia for love nor money. When I came out of drama school, I did uh, a play that was great. I toured with the MTC and the STC. Mm. Um, and I really, you know, I, I sort of felt like I was banging my head against the wall for a, a year, year and a half. And then I got, an offer to join Neighbours, which is not the typical step for a NIDA graduate, you know. Yeah. Not to say anything negative about Neighbours. It was, it was, uh, it was great. It was but, 2006. Um, that's right, yeah. And my agent at the time said, look, if you do this for 18 months, then you'll get out in time for pilot season 2008, and then I think you should go to America. Then you'll have some money and you'll be able to, to really give it a shot. And so I went in with that plan, and that's more or less what happened, um, except for uh, the uh, writer strike that happened at the end of 2007. Oh. So I came over in the middle of that, but um, but that yeah, that's that that served as a great kind of launch into the United States. That job. Is it true that Neighbours really teaches you? I mean, you've done NIDA, so I'm curious to mm. hear. A lot of people who come over here say that their experience on a soap like Neighbours train them for anything because it was just so many yeah. hours of continuous working and learning how to do things on the fly that they were really prepared That's but you had true. a different preparation as well yeah I would argue that um you know NIDA is an unashamedly classical theatre school um 
And when I came on to Neighbours, I was doing uh, so much work on the text. I'd failed once from not doing enough work. And so when I went to NIDA, I just, I went, okay, that's never happening again. I'm going to work my ass off. And, uh, uh, you know, and to that end, you know, that sort of gave me the, the work ethic that I like to think that I have today. But yeah, but yeah when I came onto Neighbours, we'd done no camera work at NIDA at all. None. So, so you didn't know what hitting your mark was or anything? No, I mean, I don't, well, you know, don't forget, I'd done yeah, like bits right. and pieces. So yeah. I, I knew a little bit, but nothing that I'd been on for more than like a couple of weeks. So, um, so yeah, there was, it was like a kind of a, a, a post-grad degree in camera work and, and being on a set and working long hours and cr- getting through crazy amounts of dial- pages every day. Um, it, yeah, it does. Uh, what I think there's a lot of truth in that. People talk about learning to work quickly because, um, you know, you've got to make that stuff sing and it's not, uh, sometimes it's not easy to make that stuff work super well because they they got to write it quickly, you know. Yeah. They've got to get through it themselves. So, yeah. yeah, it's a great training ground for sure. Right. So you, did you really – you came over here and then the writer's strike started or no, you just put it off for a while because of the writer's no, strike? No, I didn't put it off. I, I should have, but I, uh, I remember it was in the papers. It was being talked about in Australia, but I remember thinking – Again, I mean, so many, so many stupid decisions in my, my career, but um, thinking, well, there's still going to be more work in LA than there is in Sydney, even with the strike. <laughs> Not so. Um, so I came over and, uh, and everyone was just sitting around kind of twiddling their thumbs. And it was great for me. I got to take a lot of meetings at that time and meet a lot of casting people and, and uh, studio and network people. So, you know... It, if it was a time of a lot of meetings and you, you know, those meetings can just sort of start to, you sort of feel like, I don't know if anyone's even paying attention, but, but then when it got going again in sort of February, March, then I started auditioning and testing on stuff and, and really quickly, um, it felt like I was, you know, the stuff that I was, uh, auditioning for were roles that I would never have, uh, that don't really didn't exist in Australia stuff, you know, that, that suddenly I felt like, oh, this is, this stuff makes me excited like I'm not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole anymore right um so then what was the first did you go back home and then you got cast in something and came back no no I um I booked a pilot my first pilot season it was uh was that the deep end it was what would become the deep end yeah so they held us for a year um and then a year later they reshot the pilot with a new cast and they kept a couple of us and then they picked it up to a to a thirteen episode order that was then reduced to a seven episode order, and we went to Dallas and shot, you know, the other six, and then came back. And it was, as soon as it was on air, it was like. So nobody's ever seen the other six. I went to air. They all they oh, all aired, they all and air. in fact, they were all on Netflix uh, recently. Oh. Um, it was a legal show, and it was cool. Like it was, you know, it was like at the time especially it was like I'm in America and I'm working on TV this is yeah. everything I ever wanted um, but yeah it was a, it was one of many fated um, jobs that would, uh, <laughs> would come later so the deep end was the first pilot and then did you kind of just you stayed here or did you start a kind of a back no I never really thing? went back I never yeah. uh, I went back to do a job in 2013 called Secrets and Lies and then uh, I ended up staying in Australia for 
I don't know, six months. Because yeah, you did, a, you did Love Child. Like. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so when I went back, I kind of got a run on and did like a few things yeah, in a row. Yeah, Rake and... That's right, yeah, yeah. Rake and... A, a, oh, I've read a few things about you. You've read... <laughs> and Josh was making his film The Little Death at that oh, time. Yeah. And, that, and then uh, the film called Now at Honey that was done in Melbourne. So, so that was really the only that's spurt the, of time that you... Uh-huh, like, yeah. You put... I, don't get me wrong. Well, I sent great. I sent tapes back religiously for uh, for work in Australia. So it's not for want of trying. I would go back any time to go and, to go and work back home. There's never been any sort of snobbery uh, yeah. on my end. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, you know it's a tough it's tough in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's easier in LA. I I truly believe that. Because there are more opportunities here. You mean? Yeah, uh, more opportunities. I mean, there are many more actors as well in LA. But there are. Um, I feel like there's more of a willingness to. Uh, to say to to open the door and and say yes to a new, um, not that I'm fucking new anymore, but you know there's there's more of a more of a, a chance taking um, attitude here than there is back home. I mean, I I understand it because you know you've got to be risk averse. You know, if you're only making a couple of things, you have to make them work. Yeah. Um, <sighs> You know, in America, you can just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and whatever sticks, sticks, and then you you just eat the, you know, the losses, and it's fine. But, but yeah, it's it's that's been my experience. I found it, um, yeah, I find it hard and and disheartening. You know, because I, I I love Australia. I'd I'd love to work more in Australia. Yeah. Once you sort of have a hit here, then then those doors open up. Right. Yeah. So has it been? Um has it been kind of a, a steady feeling for you in your career? Is it always this sort of roller coaster? Um, you know, I would say that like, I've shot I've shot eight failed pilots. You know, that's been my life is pilots, truly, up until very recently. Um, and I'm really grateful to have had every job that I've had here. But uh, but there's never been like a, an explosive, you know. Like and then he burst onto the scene with X Y Z or you know then he then this breakthrough well, role. How many failed pilots did George Clooney have before he had? I'm sure. Have you how many times have you heard that line? Uh, uh, <laughs> almost <laughs> as many your times agent said as that. I've had failed pilots. <laughs> um, but you know, and that's 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 just a very common kind of journey. I think you know that that piecemeal journey is uh, is not new by any means, but. I would say that I've kind of failed in a in a gradual uh, upward trajectory, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, failing upward. Right? Yeah, very gradual in this sort of ascent. That um, you know, I've been here eleven and a half years now, and it's and it sort of gets <sighs> gradually not easier, but but each new job comes with slightly more ease. It's still a battle. Yeah. But each win comes with just a little bit more ease and it's just a few more things fall into place for it to happen quicker or easier or like you know I'll get I sort of get offered a few more things I don't have to I'm not in the room quite as much you know when you when I first got here it's you're in the room for producers and then oh sorry for casting then producers then studio then network and then you don't get the job you know but now it's 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 uh yeah it's just that you know that time I can sort of see manifest in the way things have been going lately. And you go, all right, okay, I can kind of, that's, that's a good marker of yeah. success or, or time spent. Yeah. And I guess you know many other Aussies who 
I mean, there's quite a few of them that have these incredible stories of perseverance where you think, at what point did you not think, like, you didn't leave, you didn't give up? And Yeah, I, I, I mean, I certainly fantasise about giving up um, a lot, but... Um, you do not. No, truly. Really? I don't, like, when I say fantasise, I, I, I use that word because it's, it's, not, it's not something I've ever thought about in earnest. It's not something where I go, yeah. all right... Okay, that's it. I'm booking my ticket. It's like a dream, you know, when the things are really bad and really dark and, you know, you come home from an audition that went terribly and you get back into bed and go, what the fuck am I doing? What is this? I've been here eight years. I've been here 10 years. Whatever. Things just don't seem to be getting any easier. And you think about, you go, all right, what, what could my life be if I wasn't doing <laughs> If I wasn't putting myself through this, what would that be like? Oh, God, that'd be good. But... But then you go, this is it. This is the life. It's, a, it's you pursuing a dream. Right. That's what it is. And it's, it's you know, to use a metaphor, it's like a, a mountain climber standing at the bottom of, a, of El Cap or something. And you know, you can see the top. You go, all right, that's where I want to get to. And each, you know, foothold or each kind of th- job that, you know, you can reach up and just grab an extra a little crevice or a crack you know, you can pull yourself up just a little bit more each time, um, you know, and all around you, you're sort of aware that people are falling off the mountain, but you're going, I'm just going to stick around. I guess I have to hold on to this a little bit longer and pull myself up. Oh, and there's the next crack that I can pull myself up on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, that's the journey. That's the life, you know. I don't know if you ever really reach the top. But I think you probably also, and you did have that um, passion like right from the start where giving up was not an option. I mean, a lot of people yeah. say that sometimes when they, they ask um, an actor that's really successful, you know, well, my child's thinking of doing it. Would you have any advice? Like, if you're still thinking about it, don't do it. Because yeah. you're going to need for all that rejection and everything that's else. It. Like you're going to need to have more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, that, it's, it's the thing with LA when people say, should I move to LA? I go, look, I wouldn't tell anyone to do that because it's hard, man. Like it's, it, you've got to, you've got to go and expect the worst. No one's, anyone ever tells you that it's going to be easy. No one tells you it's going to, in fact, they tell us the opposite. Everyone always says you're crazy to do it. Get a real job. Don't, don't do that. But we've all done it in spite of all those things. So when it's not easy, you can't complain. You can't go, well, why aren't I doing as well as that person? Or why didn't I get that job? I'm like, well, that's the game, dude. That's the way it goes. And enjoy it. you got to learn to enjoy it in the midst of yeah. all of that, um, you know, all those things that hurt and break your heart and make you feel like shit. You go, yeah, this is the life. It's, and yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good life. Well, you're also working with better quality of people as you go along too and actors. I mean, you've worked with some really great actors. Who have been some of the highlights for you? Um, I worked on a show called The Good Place uh, mm. last year and that was a really fun job and I'm a huge Ted Danson fan yeah. uh, and Kristen Bell, but, uh, you know, yeah. um, Cheers is one of my, one of my all-time favourites. So to be on set with Ted Danson was really cool. That was one of those things that, you know... I worked with Michael J. Fox on uh, 
on Designated Survivor. You did not. Yeah, he came onto the show. Oh, that's right. He was on the, the show. Of, I saw it. End of my season. And, it, and he came on. His first day was my birthday, February 6th. Nice. And um, I wasn't working that day. but I And I didn't sleep the night before because I knew that I was going to be getting up super early to go in and spend my birthday <laughs> on set watching Michael J. Fox oh, work. Oh, Ben, that's adorable. Yeah, I, I know. I'm <laughs> Did you get red a chance to already. talk to him? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked in. He was running lines with his assistant and I didn't realise he was in the room, in the green room alone. I sort of walked in to get my scarf and he goes, he goes, hey, hey. And I go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you were in here. He goes, no, no, hey, I'm Michael. Hey, Michael. And I go, I said, hey, man, I'm Ben. And he goes, yeah, you play uh, you play uh, Damien right now on the show. And I said, yeah. It hadn't occurred to me that he would have seen the show. It's just... Uh, yeah, which made all the sense in the world at the time. But I was like, yeah, you've seen it. You know, and he goes, yeah, of course. And, he's, and uh, he was so sweet. And I said, I, you know, he goes, I'm, yeah, I'm a, he said something kind, like I'm a fan or, you know, a fan of your work or something. And I said, well, I have to say, uh, <laughs> you know, not to make you feel uncomfortable, but you're, you are the reason that I ever wanted to be an actor in the first place. And, um, and it means the world to meet you. And he said, uh, he has well, it's all downhill from here. And I said, no, that's not, that's <laughs> impossible, my friend. That's, uh, yeah, wow. he's a real gentleman and I'm a fan of, you know, him as a person uh, and yeah. everything he's done. He's a really research. classy guy. Yeah, that was, that was one of those things where you go, man, who, who gets to meet their heroes like that? Not many of us. Not many of us ever do. You, you've kind of had a really great trajectory of all these different shows. Like we mentioned The Good, uh, the good, good place. place. yeah. You did Billions and Grimm uh -huh. and mm -hmm. like a ton of those kind of shows. So you come in on Bones and, yeah. and then you did a little bit more on Don't Trust the uh -huh. Bee in Apartment. 23. Thank you. That's right. Um, but, I mean, what's it like to not be the star of the show but to be coming into all of these yeah. worlds? Yeah, it's a good question. It's... Um, and I've done a lot of that. You know, there, yeah. were, there was maybe three years there where I would just did uh, arcs and guest roles. And that was, uh, that was, that's great. You know, that's a different kind of, um, uh, it's a different experience than when you're a regular. Um, I can tell you what each one of those casts is like based on how they sort of welcome a guest star. And, uh, mm. and cause it's, it's good point. Yeah. And some people just make you immediately feel at home and that's, and you, that's, that welcoming attitude is just so great. And then other people go, this kid's going to be here for a week. I'm not going to bother to, you know, I'll say hi and that's it. Um, but, you know, like, and, I'm, and, and I've always been try, or tried to be very mindful um, to do the same when I'm, you know, I'm a regular on a show and someone rolls in for, for two days and you go, you know, I know that what you've got to deal with is much harder than what I'm doing. You know, I'm, the regulars might be getting paid 10 times more, but surely the, the work for the guest star is much harder. Yeah. You know, you don't know yeah. anyone, you don't know the crew, you're uncomfortable, you're trying to work out a character in a day. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's cool. Uh, it's great, you know, um, when it's great. And then other times you sort of feel like uncomfortable and you just get through it and then they say, see you later and you go, all right, thanks. Hope I see some residuals <laughs> out of this. Um, did you, was it Modern Family, the one you did was in Australia or was it Modern no, Family in LA? That was here. Yeah, that was here. What was that like? Great. Again, like just a, what a great cast. Mm. Um, they were wonderful. And I worked with the Dumphies, so Ty Burrell and Julie Bowen, who were just two of the, you know, two of the best TV Was he the realtor? 
Mm-hmm. Your character, the the yeah, realtor. You remember, I was oh, moving into that to yes. that house next door, and then yes. they they uh, were trying to sort of um, sell the place. They loved us, so they were trying to 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 make it seem very attractive, but it felt like they were coming onto us. So there was like <laughs> yeah. a misunderstanding where it felt like they were swingers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, they were, they were great. You know, like that was one of those things where you just go and get to be a modern family and it's fun and everyone's in a good mood because it's a huge hit. Mm. Like what's not to like? Yeah. And Ty Burrell after every take <clears throat> goes off when everyone else is talking, the cast and crew are just kind of chatting and Ty Burrell goes off with his sides and he, and he's, rumbling to himself and he's and then they'll call action and he'll do it a completely different way every single time and you look at that and go that's why you're so brilliant and so little things like that you take with you you must learn a lot oh man it's like a different kind of acting school yeah oh it's all it's all a learning curve and if you're smart you sit there behind the monitor on set and you watch these people who are so good and go god that's wow I'm going to take that with me and, and try to use that somehow yeah um yeah. You know, I I, uh, I I saw the series Doubt and I really liked it and I was kind of sad that it didn't last very long. But I wonder what was that experience like for you? Did that feel like that show had a lot of momentum when you got cast and you were in it with Catherine Heigl yeah. and you sort of had a huge profile too, right? Yeah, who I'm about to go and work with uh, yes. again now. Yes, yes. Um, Obviously you liked her. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously she liked versa. me because yeah. she, she had to sign off for me coming on again. But... Um, uh, I'm surprised that you saw that show because it was it was axed almost as I soon as I watch everything. Wow. Yeah. Look, that show came along at, at um, an amazing time. I was really not doing my. Uh, I feel like I had I was at uh, kind of rock bottom. I was uh, hadn't worked in a while. Well, what I had done was was you know low paying you know a little guest here and there. And I was almost broke, and then I got this. You know, it was supposed to be two or three episodes on this new show, Doubt. And uh, I booked it. It was, you know, it was like if I hadn't, if I didn't do that, I don't know. What I, I, I might, I might have been going home. Mm. It was pretty dire. So I booked the show Doubt, and it was so great. And it was this really uh, progressive storyline where I had a, a relationship with a trans woman played by Laverne Cox. Yeah, she and was great. Yeah, she's great. Well, and she's for people who don't know, Laverne was in Orange Is the New Black, and she's a really good actress. Yeah, she's been nominated for three Emmys now. Mm. But it was portraying trans people in a way that had never been done before on, on network TV and it just felt like, oh, this is so, you know, not only is it a smart legal drama but yeah. there's this other aspect that is so great and they, after two episodes they went, mm, we're going to push this into a midnight slot in the summer and, uh, and I came in on episode three so it was like, a <laughs> it was like oh, Great. But that's, I feel like that's, you know, time and again, there are so many actors who tell the story. You think this is the thing that's going to move the needle. This is the job that's going to change everything. And then, you know, the week before your episode airs, they, they, it gets axed. But I ended up doing, you know, mo- nine episodes of that yeah. season. And it was, it was kind of the job that started the momentum in earnest for me. That has oh. since then really has... Um, kind of kept going and I'm very very grateful for that for those people Joan Rader and Tony Phelan who who hired me on that show because having done doing nine episodes of something is basically like you know you're, you're a part of the show you're you yeah. know, you're, a, yeah. you're kind of more or less a regular and from there I went you know onto a onto a, another pilot that uh that didn't go and then I don't know something else that was faded and then a, and then uh 
And then 13 Reasons. Survivor. Well, then 13 Reasons Why I'm Designated Survivor. I booked two of those things in the same week. You uh, did? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And that I, must have felt kind of surreal to. Yeah, it was crazy because, again, I was just going, why can't I get, you know, I, I, at that point I was maybe nine years into LA and. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, even when I'm booking, you know, this doubt, it felt like it was such a home run. It was like, why, why, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get a break? It was, it, I remember being so frustrated. And I had booked a flight to New York. I thought, I'm, I'm done with LA. I'm going to sublet my room. I'm going to New York. The week before I left, I auditioned for Designated Survivor and 13 Reasons Why. And then I got arrived in New York. And then one after the other, I booked those jobs. And it was like, Insane. I mean, it's crazy even talking about it now. And they were on opposite coasts, I remember. They were, yeah, yeah. That's how I saw you in Toronto. You were shooting Designated Survivor. And it was over in near San Francisco, right? That's right. Yeah, it was in that about, yeah. So did did they shoot at the same time? They did. And luckily... Luckily for me, I'd already been so I was a I was a series reg on on Designated Survivor right. and uh, recurring on Thirteen Reasons. Luckily, I'd already shot a scene in Thirteen Reasons Why before <laughs> the deal went through with Designated Survivor. So when we were making the deal, we were like, "Oh, and by the way, um, he's also doing this show. Uh, you know, c- do you mind working in with them?" And they were like, "Oh, you know, they didn't like it, but they were like, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, we can probably make that work." But we, but they were in first position. So then we go back to Thirteen Reasons and go, "Hey, um, so this actor that this is, by the way, this is what happens when you're, you know, when you're recurring. You know, you're not getting paid that much, exactly. so it's not like you're going to keep your whole life on hold. That's it. So it's like, hey, listen, I'll, I'll be regular for you if you want me to. But um, I now I got this other job. So anyway. They made it work, and and God love both the you know the producers on both those shows. So I spent that that uh, second half of 2017 flying um, from coast to coast. It was cool. People kept wanting to kill that show, and designated. And it, yeah. Yeah. And it just kept going, and then it got another season, yeah. and then got cancelled, and then Netflix picked it up. It's crazy. I think it will go for another one on Netflix as well because yeah. people love it. Yeah. It's great. Um, and you got to work with Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Was he one of the nice guys to... Kiefer's great, yeah. I mean, very intimidating, very intense man, um, but just so professional. Um, and it's sort of a bit... Um, he's, he's kind of hard of hearing, so he learns the script like a, like a piece of music. So... Um, you have to say every word correctly. Otherwise, if you if you th- leave a word out or throw a word in, he's like, you need to say it. I've learnt it how it is on the page, and that's how you have to say it. Um, but yes, totally lovely guy. You know, like and again, you know, uh, Kiefer's, Kiefer and Michael J. Fox on set together doing their thing, and yeah, the wow. eight-year-old me was like, get the fuck out. It really? was great. It was really yeah, yeah. So it's been a really busy time pretty much since then, right? It never really slowed down again. I mean, you had The Good Place and then mm-hmm. you did Bombshell. It's just mm-hmm. been named Bombshell. Right. It was untitled for a long time. Yeah. That's the other Roger Ailes yes. story in the film with um, Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Not a shabby cast. Not horrible. But you play Lachlan Murdoch. Yeah. How was that? It was great. Um, did yeah. you introduce yourself to him at G'day last year? I did. Yeah, I I was I don't think I've ever been quite so nervous to to introduce myself introduce myself to a, a famous person. But I had read I consumed everything on Lachlan Murdoch as I could. You know, I like I said, like I'm I <laughs> nothing if not prepared. Now I research to a fault. So you know, I'd read 
books and, and seen whatever I could see online um, about him. Not that I do a, 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 an imitation of him at all, but, uh, but I tried to sort of get a handle on the guy. And seeing him there at the G'day USA Gala was, was really, I got instantly nervous. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I've dressed up like this guy for the past two months. <laughs> I've grown my facial hair like him. I've, I've been putting his tattoo on my arm. Um, wow. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went up and said, hey, hey, Lachlan, I'm, my name's Ben. I just, I've been playing you. And he, it was very sweet. He said, and which one? Which, which, in the, I said, oh, the one with, with John Lithgow is Roger. And he goes, okay, okay. And he said, well, I take that as a great compliment. You're a very handsome man. I said, I said oh, thanks, Aww. thanks. Um, but yeah, we had a chat and he, um, he was great. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, not Did only Did you have any scenes with uh, any of the girls? Yeah, well, I have a phone. Especially the Aussies or? Uh, the Aussies, no, no, no. I know Margot a little bit just from around. Yeah. Um, so we were on set. Sort of at the, in a couple of the same scenes, but not talking to each other. Nicole, I I didn't meet at all. All her days were were in a very short window. I think she had to get in and get out. Mm. Um, Charlize, I had a I have a phone conversation with. And I, it, this is another one of those. You know, I've been doing this a while, and I thought, well, someone's going to be sitting next to the some AD is going to be on a apple box next to the camera, running Charlize's lines, and I get in there, and of course. She's there in her sweats, wow. and she's because she's a producer on it as well. And, oh, how nice of her! And I'm, you know, yeah, there are a lot. A lot of actors don't do that. I know. They? I didn't expect that at all, and so I'm suddenly extremely nervous. <laughs> is Josh in it? Josh plays James Murdoch. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we played. So you actually the play? Is that the first time you played brothers? Mm-hmm. Oh, pardon me. There's a, <laughs> a kid show called uh, The Wayne Manifesto in the '90s, and we played brothers on that. Probably ah. in 1995. So the first time in a long time. And so is that one of the first times you've actually acted professionally? With Josh? With him? Um, yeah. I was, we worked together in his film, The Little oh, Death. The Little Death, yeah. But, but yeah, it's first time someone else has cast us as brothers since The Wayne Manifesto. Right. <laughs> it must be really nice to have a family member, it not is. only in the business, but you're in the same town and even though you travel a lot, yeah. you've shared this journey. It's a really yeah. unique relationship, I yeah. would imagine. I don't take that for granted either. Um, coming over to LA initially is very hard yeah. for everyone and um, to have a piece of family you know, in another country when you relocate is really great. It's, yeah. It's, it's like a piece of you mm. in a way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been really grateful to have Josh around and uh, we share a lot of, you know, we share the successes and lament the failures together. Um, so let's talk about the mo- the show that you're about to go and make, Firefly sure. Lane. Yeah. I've actually read Kristen Hanna's books, so I really? know this one. Yes, don't be shocked. I'm the target demographic, I think. Wow. Well, I just read it as well. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you did because yeah. you're going to be more involved with it than <laughs> I am. <laughs> God willing. So tell us a little bit about it and... And was it a complete coincidence that Catherine Heigl's your co-star again? Yeah, that's that part of it's a coincidence. Um, you know, this is a job that um, it felt like so many pieces fell into place for it. Liz Dean cast it. Liz had cast me in Designated Survivor. Uh, Katie had uh, been cast, and she was a she's an EP on it. She had to approve me, and I already had a relationship with her. A lady called Lee Rose, who was the producing director on it, I didn't realise this at the time, but once I got cast, she called me up and 
she had directed me in that episode of Grimm that you mentioned before. Ah. And she said, Ben, Lee Rose, is how she speaks. Lee Rose. I said, Lee, oh, from Grimm. She goes, yeah, remember we did Grimm together? I said, yeah, I did. That's great. She goes, when they mentioned your name, I said, fucking walk, run, don't walk. Hire this guy. He's great. And I, I was like, oh, my God. So, And then Sarah <laughs> Chalk got cast, who I did a pilot with 10 years ago. So all of these pieces wow. of it kind of fell into place in a way yeah. that uh, it is sort of uh, bizarre. So it, it makes just, you feel like nothing happened by accident, everything that, happens that all through, those people yeah. kind of found you and connected yeah. with you and remembered you because of that journey you took. I mean, yeah, Grimm, a, a, a job that I went up to Portland for five days and did, you know, I never even, I never thought that that would help me ever again, you know what I mean? But yeah. then it's all these years later it, it somehow did. So, you know, it's, a, it's nice to think in all those times when you're sitting around going, what am I doing? You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm, you know, great. I, I shot a guest role this, you know, this year, like whoop-de-doo. That um, all that stuff counts towards something yeah. that, that you can't see and you can't possibly be aware of. But, um, you know, you just stay focused and keep your nose to the grindstone and have some faith that maybe it'll all kind of come together at some point. And it's ten, it's five, ten episodes? Ten eps. Ten yeah. eps over five months. Yep. And um, it's in Vancouver. Vancouver. Right. Although it's not so cold there right now, but it will be <laughs> by the time yeah. you're done. <laughs> I'm a Queensland boy who lives in Southern California. I do not do well in the cold. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'll be taking up a nice but, And you're not playing a lawyer, which is nice. <laughs> I'm not playing a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a personal um, journey, that, that, that book, and I'm assuming that series with, you know, the, yeah. the two sisters and... That whole yeah, the two know. best friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great story. It it'll it's a great uh, role. The Johnny Ryan, the the guy I'm going to play, is a really cool role. He's a um, former war correspondent. It's, a, it's set in the world of media, these uh, and journalism. So, um, and that's a that's a, a world that you know all too well, Jenny. Yeah. No, so not so much the war correspondent, but yeah, <laughs> it feel like war. It feels sure. like war though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah I th you know, and it's going to be period. There's, it's set in, um, the show will take place in the seventies, the, the early eighties, and then in the, in the noughties, early noughties. So, um, you know, I think we'll probably have some wigs and, uh, get to play around in some period costume. It's going to be fun, I think. And what the hell is Dolly Parton's heartstrings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Dolly Parton now. Isn't that bizarre? No. Um, I got cast in a, um in an anthology series that they that they did for Netflix last year, like a Black Mirror. Netflix was calling it Blonde Mirror before it had a name. Um, yeah, where each episode was based on one of Dolly's songs. And, really? Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which song were you in? It's called If I Had Wings, and it's from an album that came out later. I think it's a 2014 album. Um, and uh, when I booked it, you know, Dolly was the EP, and you sort of think, well, you know, this is another one of those things where she's not going to be around, like the Charlies, you know, she's not going to see her on set. And the first day that I'm in there, she's, I'm having an accent lesson because it's a Texan, I'm playing a Texan guy. And she kind of comes in like, hey, I'm Dolly. I'm like, what? I know who you are. Um, but yeah, uh, she's just great. It was a real, that was a really cool experience. It I was, bet. Yeah. I mean, everything you think about Dolly is true. She's just the sweetest 
lady and goes around to every person on in the crew and on set, introduces herself and says, what do you do? What's your job? Um, yeah, I've had dinner with her a couple of times and she's, she's so, the last time I, I saw her, she goes, there's, a, I wrote a special piece of music for you in that scene. You remember that scene where you, you're on the phone? Well, I wrote a little something for that scene. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. Yeah, she doesn't want to do a duet with you or anything? Or yeah, is that I'd not in your skill set? This is very far from my skill set. <laughs> okay. What is it, when you're on a set making something and you've had this experience a lot where things that you were hoping would do well got cancelled or whatever, I mean, does the experience of making something, can you tell when you're making something? If it's going to be good or not? Yeah. No. No. Um, especially when it comes to pilots, because I've done so many that have not uh, been picked up. I think every one of them also, you know, there's a sense of positivity. Everyone wants it to do well. So there's, um, you know, there's that sense of positivity driving it forward. But um, no is the short answer. I don't think you can ever really tell. There have been things that I just thought were so great at the time and then you watch it back and you go, oh, that didn't really come together in the edit or it didn't, you know, that wasn't as, wasn't how I pictured it or whatever it is. Um, so out of your, you know, what actors do is such a small part of it that, yeah. and you're just increasingly aware of that every, every time you, you do anything is you watch it back and go, huh, oh. <laughs> right. right, okay, that's what, that's what it was going to be. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't quite see that, but all right. Um, but yeah, and sometimes you're really pleasantly surprised. You can just be miserable, and it's a and it's a huge hit. You go, well, at least something came out of it. <laughs> well, the one question I always ask everybody in the podcast is because all the Americans probably say to you too, like, "What is it in the water down there? What is it with <laughs> you Aussies?" Yeah. You know, um, and everybody has a cup some theories about we are a very small country, and it is a very large group of people from such a small country who That's have true. like not just in front of the camera but yeah. all over the industry do you have any theories on why um i think we're great storytellers and i'm sure you've heard that before but we really are like the irish great joke tellers really great at te- at spinning a yarn um and uh, and you know to that end born entertainers a lot of us um I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think everyone loves Aussies as well. People like being around Australians. You know, I'm sure you've heard people say, I never met an Australian I didn't like. And you think, I'll introduce you to some. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, people, people do like to kind of hang, hang out with us for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so I think that has, has a lot to do with it as well. But, you know, there is a lot of... Uh, the tall poppy thing is really real, but once you overcome that and go, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. Then we can be really driven and, and really, you know, I don't care what anyone says. Once you sort of adopt more of that American kind of, uh, you know, let's yeah. celebrate success rather than yeah. try to rip it down. Then, um, then you, you got a good recipe. But then you also throw in that can do Aussie spirit, and that's why so many people don't get on the plane and go home the first time someone says no, right? Yeah. And it's a long flight. It's a long you're flight. Less I think that's to do it. it. Than if you're in Oklahoma getting on the Greyhound bus. Yeah, that's right. I think you know that's. I'm sure that's true as well. You think, well, I'm here now, and then, now there's such a community that that has grown in the in the time that I've been here that it doesn't feel lonely. 
Um, I mean, it certainly can, but it, it doesn't feel like you're alone. There are people around, um, other Australians, friends, in my case, family. Um, yeah. uh, so there's all that helps as well, just to sort of tough it out. Um, yeah, I think per capita, I think you're probably right. I think given the number of us, I mean, there are a lot of us out here now, but um, yeah, there probably is a, a, a inordinate number who have done well compared to, you know, those who haven't. Yeah. Well, Ben Lawson, thank you so much for your time. Jenny and Kenny, it's a pleasure. We're excited to see Firefly Lane on Netflix, uh, probably next year, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah. Um, and many, many more things soon. Ah, Bombshell as bombshell, well. Bombshell. Yeah. Heartstrings. Yeah. Yep. Oh, all it's right. all happening. You better get back to work now. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Ben is another talented Aussie actor who's proven that if you keep at it, working hard, the odds will be in your favour. It's amazing to hear how many times he almost got cast in something, right? And how close he came to throwing it all in after years of struggling. I'm so happy to see all that work finally paying off for him and can't wait to see what's next. Until next time, that's all from Aussies in Hollywood. Aussies in Hollywood was presented by me, Jenny Cooney, and recorded in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production was by Nick Slater and executive producer was Jenny Goggin. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the app or look me up on iTunes. Thank you.